Good Friday afternoon, everybody. This is Guru and the Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Coming to you with a little different angle today. Um, Wiz, how are you first off? What's going on? I'm doing very well. And yourself? Doing excellent. Doing excellent. Uh, lots going on in the league, but uh, that's not what we're here to do this podcast on. We had a little bit of an intersection of, of two worlds here. Um, something that we've been following uh, on, on TikTok, at least that's where I've been following it. Um, we have a gentleman by the name of Rich, the Happy Collector. He's on YouTube, he's on Instagram, and we're kind of going to intersect the worlds of sports cards collecting and fantasy football. So I want to introduce you all to Rich, the Happy Collector. Rich, how are you today? Great, great. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Can't wait to get into this. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because you, you play fantasy football, and in addition to that, you are obviously collecting cards. And, you know, I've been paying close attention to your, to, to your TikTok videos and, and certainly, and others as well, there seems to be a tremendous ara- amount of attention that is going towards sports cards of late. And, you know, I, as a kid, I collected cards. Uh, I know Wiz did as well. Um, you know, our show is about football and, uh, you know, it seems to be a pickup in the intensity around the, the, the football card world. So why don't you kind of speak to us a little bit about what's been going on and then we're going to try to mesh that into, you know, kind of some of our views for what's going on in, in fantasy football and for the NFL season this year. Perfect, perfect. No, I appreciate it. So, so a lot of people felt that sports cards went the way of the dodo bird after the junk wax era, which is referred to the 87 to 94 time frame where they produced tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of sports cards. Mass overproduction almost killed the hobby. There was certainly a lag in popularity for quite some time. But I'd say over the last five to 10 years, it's definitely started ramping up. The last five years being very strong. Uh, the last two years being incredibly strong. I think from the standpoint of what is causing this ultra resurgence of the sports card world, a few factors. We, we really saw it, it kind of go hand in hand with the pandemic. And, not, and I don't think it's hand in hand to the actual pandemic issues per se, but it's the ancillary issues of the shutdown of sports. The influx of new collectors, if you will, I think primarily come from three sources. One, it's that pure collector that collected back in the day. The scene that super hype around it uh, has kids, of, kids of their, him or her have kids of their own, and they're just getting reintroduced and getting excited about it again. Then you also have the flippers that have come over from Gary Vee, sneakerheads, if you will, that made a ton of money off sneakers and are just looking for that next hot thing. They're disciples of Gary Vee, who I, who I appreciate as well. And uh, I know he's huge on the sports cards. So I think that is another action that has driven in new collectors. And lastly, and this is kind of going off the reservation a little bit, but it's sports gambling. You know, we're talking about people who love the gamble, who love action, if you will. And while sports was shut down, I think a good way to get that action was buying and investing in sports cards. The ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, uh, and quite frankly, the the gambles and bets are, are, are a little less risky from a risk profile standpoint. So 
So I think that got them their quote-unquote fit. Well, Rich, I think I'm really fascinated by by a lot of this. Uh, and I, I have a couple of questions for you. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer them or if you know, but I'm so fascinated. At this point, what would you say the age demographic is of the people that are really into doing what you're doing? Is it people like in their 40s and 50s or even 60s that used to collect cards and are falling in love with it again? Or is there like a real new group of generation who are finding out about this and love it as well? What's the age demographic on this? So the hardcore collectors never went in. So the hardcore collector group is going to be all over. So you're going to have people who are in their 60s, 70s plus. But the new influx of collectors I think they're definitely skewing younger. You're, and when I say younger, I'm I'm talking 20s, 30s. Right. Uh, then you also have the 40-year-olds that collected throughout the junk wax there and now passing it on to their kids. Uh, and you're also getting younger. These A lot of the people on TikTok, I mean, the, the audience is generally younger from you know, 16 and up, and they're all getting into it. I think partly from an interest in sports, but mainly from an interest in, hey, there's not a ton of avenues for me to make money. I can make money as a side hustle with sports cards. That's so interesting. And how long does it take, would you say, for a card to escalate in value? In other words, you're buying a rookie. It doesn't matter which sport. I mean, you could you could talk to that about you know which sports uh, you know are the most expensive and which you know escalate the quickest. But in, but in your view at this point, how long does it take? You to use the term flip. Says you know there. I'm assuming that, that you know people that do it quickly, they're looking to flip and make money quickly. So how how quickly can a card escalate in value if you hit it right and you're really right about a player? You know, there's a ton of factors. I, I always say there's, a, there's three types of markets within the sports card. There's the gamble play, there's the speculative play, and then there's the long-term investment. And the long-term investments are the Michael Jordans, the Mike Trout, and so forth. While they'll raise in price, you may, not, you may not see dramatic spikes here and there unless there, again, are ancillary, tertiary effects in general that happen. Um, outside of that, the speculative plays, where you'll get documentaries or, or trends that are happening, say in The Last Dance. The Last Dance spiked not only Michael Jordan cards, but Scottie Pippen cards, Steve Kirk cards, Phil Jackson cards. Those are were temporary spikes that you had to either have the cards prior to or bought in really early and then flipped out of them before the, the heat died on that whole documentary. And the majority of people, though, at this point, I think they're gamble players. They're buying the young rookies, the unproven talent. Those prices can fluctuate wildly and incredibly quickly. When I say incredibly quickly, let's think back, you know, let's talk, I know your football, but let's think about Bull Bull. His, his first scrimmage where he looked solid. His rookie cards went from $3 to $50 easy to $60, $70 easy based off that one performance. And we're talking about within a span of an hour. And as quickly as they rose, they came crashing back down when they realized when they saw him in real game action, oh, maybe he's not there yet. So 
uh, and people get nervous and they start selling off. It's kind of like the stock market in that way. You know, it's very interesting. Yeah. And how how long have you been doing this? Uh, where I know you you had a love for it, and then as you we were talking, you stopped for a while. Different things, family, college. How long have you? When did you get back into this? And and how, how long have you been doing it since you've you know gone back to the card collecting? I say a solid ten years out again outside of my childhood. <laughs> And sporadic collecting um, throughout uh, the, the years, as key as all key players, the players that I like came up, I might buy a couple packs or a couple singles of the cards. But dedicated to it, I'd say last seven to ten years. That's tremendous. And um, tell us about some of the, you know, uh, for those people who are hoping to be successful, tell tell everyone about some of your good hits that you've made, some good ideas that you've had, some speculative buys that you've made that turned out to be really well worth it over the last couple of years. Well, I mean, so I always like to say there, it's easy to get content creators such as myself to talk about their hits. No one minds talking about their hits because they look like sports geniuses, and I'm far from it. I love sports. I follow sports religiously, but as important as the hits are the misses. So I'll give you a hit, and I'll give you a miss. That's very, very fair. I was going to get to the misses as well, but we'll go, we'll go at, your, at your pace and uh, however you want to do it. Go right ahead. So a, a, a hit that I certainly, again, didn't take genius-level ability to figure out. Back in 2017, the Chiefs drafted a quarterback you might have heard of, Patrick Mahomes. When he first hit the market, you know, he's a raw talent. First-time draft pick was still raw talent, sitting behind Alex Smith, who had a very good year in that first year, very good year. Um, so there wasn't a ton of heat around him. And the fourth-car market, while hot, wasn't explosive so I remember buying um, Patrick Holmes cards, specifically the Don Ross Optic brand. Right? The Optic is the is more of the upscale version of Don Ross, if you will. I bought ten of them in a lot off, off eBay for seven dollars a piece. Now those cards are worth seven hundred dollars, and People are like, well, Patrick Mahomes, that's not a that's not a huge stretch. But in twenty seventeen it kinda was. While people knew of him, the market was a bit different. Patrick Mahomes actually after his explosion, now there's some Patrick Mahomes cards worth tens of thousand dollars, if not more. Um, he changed up the game again. People saw the explosion of his card and now guess what everybody does? They they look for that next Patrick Mahomes. So people buy quarterback, quarterback, quarterback constantly because they typically tend to hold the most value. That also leads me into my biggest miss. Uh, last year, third round pick for the Bengals, Ryan Finley. I saw something in him. I loved him. Scouts didn't love him. Analysts didn't love him. Nobody else loved him, but I was oh, this is a sleeper pick. This is this guy's going to be the next quarterback there. And he, Dalton started struggling. And as Dalton struggled, the Bengals struggled, I just bought more and more of Ryan Finley's cards. And so, I, I mean, I may have more of Ryan Finley's cards than anybody on the planet. And as we know, when Ryan Finley finally got a shot, he was 
less than stellar. Flash forward to the 2020 draft, and now Joe Burrow's there. And Ryan Finley, sans injuries, Malcolm Woods will Joe Burrow may not see the field again in Cincinnati. So that was a huge miss because of the amount of cards I bought of his. His cards weren't overly expensive, but when you buy 200 of them, uh, <laughs> it, it quickly adds up. Oh, hopefully Ryan yeah, Finley. I mean, uh, hopefully Ryan Finley has a big family, and you can get a few cards this way. I find it really funny that that that's those are the two players that you mentioned. It's 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 ironic. So so Wiz and I play in uh, in a dynasty league. And, and funny enough, uh, being a native New Yorker here, I'm a Met fan, and I followed his father when he was here in the, in the early 2000s pitching for the Mets. That's Patrick Mahomes. And I was kind of fascinated with him uh, watching his career at Texas Tech. And funny enough, he, uh, I drafted him in a dynasty league for $1. And Wiz, can, <laughs> Wiz will tell the rest of the story of, of that whole saga because he now owns the player. And, and, and additionally, Ryan Finley was a guy I also invested in last year. And Wiz was also very high on the player coming out of college. Yeah. So it's very funny that you actually picked those players. We didn't even talk about this yeah, before. Yeah, there's a real irony to those two players. I mean, funny. I mean nobody, and I mean nobody, was talking Ryan Finley yeah. And I was telling the guru <laughs> last year, uh, you know, before, you know, during the draft, that of everybody out there, I felt Ryan Finley was the most NFL ready of every NFL quarterback. So I, I would have, I probably would have gone partners in about a hundred of those cards with you uh, <laughs> had I known you at the time. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take that one together because I'm, I'm right, I'm right with you on that one. But unfortunately for me, even though I had such a view on Patrick Mahomes that I paid a lot of money for him in an auction draft, um, I unfortunately wasn't smart enough like you were to purchase a bunch of his cards at $7 and get incredible value on that. But, yeah, I, I think you, the point being is there, you know, as good as anyone could be about this and, and as skilled and as thoughtful and insightful as you could be, there are going to be misses. So I, I think it's good of you and it's fair of you as well to talk about the big hits, the misses. And it, what, what advice would you give? Would you say if you have a miss here or there, don't be discouraged, keep at it? Would that be basically advice you would give if somebody has taken a stance on a player that it didn't pan out? How, how would you go about guiding that person? You know, so when I talk to the new collector, there's a couple points I always say to them. Number one, focus. Focus is key and critical. There are so many different targets. It's so easy to start just buying everybody based on either your own research or the thousand talking heads, including myself, that say, hey, this guy's great, go buy him. You need to focus on, say, five targets and max. On And even in multiple sports, that's fine. Five targets per sport, that's fine. Focus even on sports. You know football, but don't really know basketball. You're going to have a hard time. People think... And I think they're getting this impression by some content creators that doing this is easy. You need to put the work and the grind into this stuff, just like you got to do with anything that you want to be successful in. Nothing is easy. So if you hate football, and I probably tell you not to invest in football because it's going to be uh, pain, though, you know what, for you to continue to stay on top of the information. Also, I think it's keen critical. Please, I beg you guys, whoever's listening, if you want to get into sports cards, do not start buying sports cards in your credit cards. Do not start missing 
mortgage payments, car car payments, because you want to try to chase sports cars. Do not put yourself in a financial bind to make sure that you're picking up the latest and greatest rookie or prospect. You need to set a budget, and you need to stick with that budget. If you do those things, then you can you can survive the Ryan Finley and live to tell the tale with a smile on your face because you bought the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rookie at uh, 10 bucks and now it's 100 bucks. Yeah, I think that's great uh, advice and uh, logical as well. And just like any other form of gambling, you know, you shouldn't be wagering money that really, you know, is going to put you in a bad spot if it doesn't go well because, you know, for most people out there wagering, it doesn't go well. So you shouldn't be messing around with, you know, your your kids' tuition money or family money or stuff that's not going to allow you to pay the mortgage or rent. It should be money that you've put aside and... If you make a great hit like Patrick Mahomes, that's fantastic. But if you don't do well, your your life is not going to change drastically for the worse and bad things. So I think that's uh, terrific advice along with the analogy that you gave. It's kind of like gambling in a different kind of way, investment or a shorter-term type of gambling or a longer-term. It's still some form of gambling, and uh, it should be not with – uh, important money that's going to change your life if you lose it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, there there, there are massive hits to make. I, my, while I bought those Packer homes, or some of the you know the Packer homes for seven dollars a piece, I know that my buddy Ed took it to the max and he bought much more than me. His Packer homes collection is probably worth about fifty thousand wow. dollars. You know, just on Patrick Mahomes because he went full in on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And bought not you know bodies and higher end cars than I did, and now I mean he he so and he could it's not even an I talked to my father-in-law about all the time. He said these things aren't worth because he thinks it's crazy, right? And he said these things aren't worth money until someone buys it. And he he's thousand percent right, but there is absolutely a market for Patrick Mahomes. He lists the Patrick Mahomes cars out there; they will sell. Yeah, I tell you, it's very, it's very fascinating the way you describe everything, you know, and I think, you know, you mentioned the young, young people on TikTok. I think there's an intersection and, and Wiz kind of mentioned this and toy, toyed around with it too. It's an intersection of, of two worlds, really. Like when I look at the Robin Hood investor that we have today in the, in the equity, in the equity market, when we look at, um, Sites like DraftKings, for example, we're talking about the same demographics, and and there's a lot of uh, intersections of, of of those worlds, and and you also mentioned about working hard and doing the homework, and you know, Wiz and I have been doing a lot of that over the last six months in pr- in preparing for the NFL season. Uh, you know, watching the drafts, we're, we're very excited about you know a number of players coming into this season, and that's part of what we're going to talk about here. But you know, that's about doing your homework. You know, finding out what's going on there. So I'm kind of fascinated by everything. I guess I'll ask one more question. Too. The fact that there's not a lot of kind of sports shows getting together these days, is all of this made so much easier today because of technology? You have all these online stores and everything that's going on. It's such an easy world to transact in now. It, would that be a correct statement? Yes. I, I, I So back in the day, you had to go to either LCS, which is a local car store, or catch a sports car show to really be able to find these players you want. Now with sites like eBay, Facebook Marketplace, Macari, let it go. Twitter, Instagram, people even sell on. There's a million different places that you can find cars. The caveat is, once you, there, there are, of course, as every industry has, there's some unscrupulous people who will try to take advantage of you. 
So I typically stick to eBay mainly. Now, a lot of people don't like it because of the fees that you have to pay. But to me, when I list a product on eBay, yes, I get that I'll probably have to pay them and then I'll have PayPal and say that's 15% off the top. But I think about it in terms of what would I have to pay to market people to go to my personal website to get that same level of traffic, to get thousands of people to look at my product? Right, a lot more than that 15% mark. So I think it's well worth it when you think about those terms. But try to stick to try to stick and buy from sellers that have good feedback, good reputation. Be wary of the, uh, the sellers that don't have any feedback or have negative reputations because you're more likely to get burned out. You know, so that that's a great point. I mean, because I, I think there are so many people out there who I, I just their sole purpose every day is waking up trying to take advantage of people. So I, I think that's you know you're right on the money. What I'd like to you know have you do right now is for the people that would like to listen to you, hear what you have to say, get your advice, contact you with questions. Tell tell everyone out there where they could find you. All the different, uh, you know, social media outlets you're at. Go ahead, tell tell everyone where you're at, where people can, you know, post some questions or get some advice or just hear your thoughts on things. Oh no, I appreciate that. So I'm from a social media standpoint, I'm, I'm on the usual suspects: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I do have to say that I'm primarily on TikTok now because the level of engagement there is phenomenal. You know, uh, from from a a follower standpoint and a viewership standpoint, my my videos get over 300,000 views a, a month. You know, you, it's very hard to get that organically on any other platform outside of TikTok. But the best way to find those uh, channels for me is going to thehappycollector.com, and you'll find all my information there. That is fantastic. I mean, anybody that is starting out that has a passion for it, who wants to, you know, love card collecting again when they were a kid and wants to get into it again, or, you know, like I said, just starting out, that's the place to go. Heard great things about it, Rich. Uh, some close friends that, that follow you and, and enjoy uh, hearing what you have to say, uh, they, they love it as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's uh, that's that's the way to go. And, uh, yeah, we're uh, all excited uh, to have you on, and I'm sure everyone out there, is interested in listening uh, to 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 the prospects of finding that next Patrick Mahomes. So uh, there's a certain little level of excitement. So w what are we going to do at this point? We want to talk about a few young players that we like there, Raghuru? Yeah, so I think, you know, so, so that was really awesome. And that's actually, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, Rich and I connected just be, you know, I'm posting videos on on TikTok and, and Rich is doing the same and we just connected uh, via DM and, uh, and and the rest is history and we're here. So, you know, we're certainly glad that we've kind of intersected these two worlds. I, I, you know, I saw Rich did a did a TikTok this morning on Clyde Edwards Alaire and uh, rightfully so, because uh, exciting debut from the player yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, you know, I, I, I started a few um, 
I'd say probably three or four weeks ago, started talking, putting some presentations together. You know, one of the guys that, that we'll talk about in a few minutes, and, and uh, you, know, I, I, you know, just because I thought he's going to have an opportunity, I was very excited after the draft of where he ended up, and, um, and now his opportunity looks to be there. So, yeah, Wiz, we're, we're going to do that, and I know Wiz loves a couple of rookies as well. Um, and, and to talk about them right before these guys are about to get on the field, you know, it's quite interesting this year because of the pandemic. We've had not be able to see these players on the field because there's been no preseason. So there's, there's, a, there's a hidden shroud there this time around that's even more incredible than we've ever seen before. But, you know, so I'll just mention a couple of guys real quick that, that, I'm, that I'm looking at and guys I've done videos on already. One of them is Antonio Gibson, and he's had a couple of things fall his way. Certainly Darius Geis getting arrested. And Adrian Peterson says, I know why I lost my job. When, when one of the greatest running backs in history sees the talent here, and Ron Rivera and Scott Turner have worked with Christian McCaffrey, I'm very excited to see what Antonio Gibson does in Washington. And the other guy I'm very intrigued by, uh, he's in a place where there's a lot of young talent around him. It's a receiver out of South Carolina who was, who was hurt coming into the draft, and that's Brian Edwards. I think he's going to get every opportunity, especially with Tyrell Williams out of the way. So those are two quick players that I'm going to mention. And Wiz really has strong conviction because he's actually put some money towards a couple of players, so I don't want to steal his thunder. I'll let him speak a little bit as well. There's three guys that you know stand out for me, and you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire is off to a great start. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about three different players, two running backs and a, and a wide receiver. And uh, when we were speaking to Rich earlier, he was mentioning that you know wide receivers and running backs are getting a little bit of momentum behind them in terms of cards. So the first guy I'm gonna talk about is J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens, and uh, I know the Ravens absolutely loved him. And they were kind of like surprised that he was available when they were picking. And just the entire situation, they love to run the ball. And I, I think, you know, it'll start off kind of like in a split situation with Ingram. But J.K. Dobbins, I thought, was one of the two or three best runners in this entire draft. And his setup is just so perfect uh, behind that offensive line. And with Lamar Jackson, they just really, really want to grind you and run the ball and run the ball. And I think he's going to have a terrific season, a terrific career. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's kind of the writings on the wall that he will take over. So J.K. Dobbins is a guy that I, I'm, I'm really high on. The other running back that I'm high on is Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. To me, that's a perfect marriage. It's like a, a, a brilliant student going to a university combined with a professor that is incredible at teaching. And if you combine Jonathan Taylor's running skills with that elite offensive line of the Colts, um, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the next big thing at running back in the NFL. I'm extremely confident about that. And then I'm going to go to a wide receiver. And in terms of, I don't know, I'll let Rich, the expert, as far as us three are concerned, talk about where the player is playing in terms of city. This is what intrigues me most about CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver for the Cowboys, is I think he is going to be a terrific player. He's an amazing route runner. I think by the end of the year, he may be the best wide receiver on the Cowboys, believe it or not, as a rookie. And then you add that in, playing with Cowboys, who I guess in a lot of circles are still considered America's team, where there's a lot of publicity and hype and Jerry Jones and all of that and the market. So 
J.K. Dobbins at running back, Jonathan Taylor running back, and C.D. Lamb, who the Cowboys think so highly of, gave him number 88, worn by Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, and now C.D. Lamb. I expect incredible seasons and incredible careers for those three players. And uh, C.D. Lamb playing in Dallas, Rich could just talk about this, uh, about the market where this guy is playing. How much is that coming to play, uh, Rich, as far as like the, the, the push he's going to get from where he's playing? Market's a huge factor. I mean, a lot of times I'll target uh, rookies or, or players, if you will, because they're coming from a large market. You know, I collected heavy in Daniel Jones last year because, number one, for him to be drafted where he was drafted, I figured that the Giants must know something about him now I'm not seeing because I didn't see it at first. But being at the New York market is gigantic. And once he started playing, he started playing fairly well. Now, if you guys saw him coming into camp this year, I mean, the kid put on a ton of muscle. He looked great in camp. Uh, I'm still really high on him. I think he can do really well. But market plays a huge factor. And Dallas Cowboys, love them or hate them, they are, you know, they still have that moniker American American team. C.D. Lamb, I like a lot. I think he has a ton of potential, and people who don't realize the significance of being crowned with that 88 number, right? It's, it's a huge, huge deal in Dallas. They will, they do not give that to just anybody. So I think they have a ton of confidence on him. The only negative I, I, would, I see there is there's a lot of mouths. You know, you you, you have Cooper, you, you have Gallup, uh, you have Zeke Elliott. You know, so there's a lot of mouths to see there that could cut down on his touches, but uh, I think long-term, certainly he'll probably emerge as one, uh, certainly at the very least two, if not one there. Yeah, I'm in agreement about that, and <clears throat> I do understand that you know, Gallup's a good player, and, and uh, Cooper playing. I feel even as we speak right now that he's a better football player, wide receiver than Gallup, and Cooper's, you know, a good player, but sometimes he gets you know, injury prone, and he was limping off the field almost every single game last year. So I'm very confident in CeeDee Lamb, but to your point, it may take a year or two before he established himself as the top guy, but I think he will. I'm extremely confident. Do you have any equity at all in Bobbins or Jonathan Taylor at this point? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's on my list, certainly. Uh, not so much Dobbins, not because I don't have any faith in him, more so, again, going back to that focus. It's very easy for me to collect every single one of these guys, but sure. uh, I do have to keep some control. Um, my wife does get sometimes annoyed to see all those eBay packages coming in the mail. <laughs> right. Excellent. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, it's a fair point. you got to pick and choose and be very, very selective and be right about, your, uh, about the picks. There's no question about that. I've got one. I just got one more question here before we wrap up, and that's um, what about players that last year were on the cusp of some some greatness and, and maybe take it to another level? So a few players I have in mind: Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, uh, on the receiver side, a guy like Marquise Hollywood Brown, who who had a bad injury that kind of slowed him down in the second half of the year last year. AJ Brown from Tennessee was kind of held back from quarterback play, but really had some interesting moments. Do you do you see some value in those type of players as well? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, so a lot of people talk rookies, but second-year players, 
the third year, you know, the third year they say is really where these, some of these wide receivers, especially, develop into their own, you know, individual and really start to shine. But I like all those guys you talked about. I mean, AJ Brown's issue is that offense, the run-heavy issue. Certainly, they, I, I don't love the quarterback there. Uh, Marquise Brown, I, I actually think he has a ton of talent. I know everybody loves Lamar Jackson. I'm a, I'm just okay with him. I think he has a ton of raw talent. He's certainly a phenomenal athlete. I'd like to just see a little bit more from the quarterback development standpoint from him. Because you can't, and then I think the league has proven, you cannot just rely on pure athleticism at the quarterback position to do well. And that, that goes for Josh Allen as well. I mean, I think Josh Allen's a freak of nature from a life standpoint. But the guy's got to stop staring down receivers. He's staring down receivers in training camp. What's he going to do during a game? Right. So he falls in that same point. He's one of my targets as well, Josh Allen. So I think he has a ton of talent. Um, who's the other individual? I'm sorry you said the first one, I think. I mentioned the, Hi, Josh, uh, Jake. Josh, oh, Josh Jacobs and uh, Miles Sanders, yeah. They're both huge guys. I think Miles Sanders on, on, on TPR Fantasy League, some leagues had him ranked as high as nine. And if he has a versatile back, I think he can do a lot of damage depending on people staying, key people like Carson Wentz, staying healthy on that team. Um, so I definitely, I've been buying Miles Sanders, quite frankly. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a great target. That offense, I mean, Gruden, again, another guy, he's a very polarizing figure, but he loves offensive weapons. He loves the score. And Josh Jacobs, he'll absolutely proved last year that he belongs in the league. I expect him to have another great season uh, just to build off of last year. I know he's a hot card as well. People are buying him up as well. Right now. Yeah, I think I think it, it becomes a little easier for running backs from year one to year two. I think the game slows down for them a little bit. Uh, even a player like David Montgomery, who looked like he was running in wet cement last year, yeah. uh, I think will improve this year. So I'm very, very high on Josh Jacobs. But what I, I think we should do is, if it's okay with you, Rich, is I think we'd like to have you on periodically through the season, and you could update the listeners out there what you've done with your buys, how they're producing, uh, what you're thinking about, and uh, and just have you on periodically through the season with not only talking about your picks, but the, how the how the players have performed as well. So we, we'd love to have you on a few times during the year as the season progresses. No, I'd love it. I mean, I'd absolutely love it. You know, I get approached a lot by newer collectors, and they say, "Well, how do you, where do you get your information from? How do you how do you stay on top of stuff?" Well, it's podcasts like yourselves. It's watching ESPN. It's it's reading information on the internet. These are key and crucial things that you need to do. So I would say to any of my followers as well, to tune in to you guys. Tune in to podcasts that talk fantasy, talk sports in general. Learn from them. You don't have to agree with me all the time. They don't have to agree with you all the time. So listen and, and, and get the mindset. You guys have been doing this not only from a podcast standpoint, but I know you're both sports fans well past even when you started doing a podcast. Listen to different perspectives. It may change your mind for the better. Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, to that point, is there's always, like, something that I, you know, I've always believed in. Like, you know, an important thing is having a good opinion, 
But another thing is knowing who has a good opinion, because you know, you know, we we like to pride ourselves that we are experts on everything. But but to be honest, you know, we we know what we know, and that's great. But also, there are other varying opinions out there, and maybe somebody else has good insight or good thoughts or can lead so you in the right direction. And the only way to do that, to your point, is listen to what some people say. You know, take notes, hey, and say, oh, this guy was right about that, or that podcast was right about that and over time I think you could kind of weed out who knows what they're talking about and maybe who definitely you know is 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 out of their element when it comes to uh, helping so whoever's listening to our podcast we are going to guide them when it comes to card collecting to go to your um go to your site and ask you questions and listen to what you have to say because uh, you're insightful and most importantly along with being insightful you're logical you're level-headed and you understand that there's a realistic chance that you're not going to make every pick a winning pick and some of there's going to be misses which is what you did right off the bat which is I thought was great you talked about a big hit as well as a big miss I would have been right with you on Finley as well so I, I, I like I like not only your insight but your logic as well and your realistic views on these things no I appreciate it I definitely had a great conversation with you both I, I really appreciate being on the show all right, terrific. So that's uh, that, that's Rich the Happy Collector. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on TikTok, and and I certainly that's the place where I found him. Uh, I know you have YouTube channels, on, on uh, online uh, web web page as well. And this is Guru and the Wiz. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You find us on TikTok too. Where excited football has gotten started, uh, as Wiz said, we'll we'll be connecting with Rich down the road again. And this was uh, a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, to spend the last uh, 37 odd minutes on and hopefully you guys listen subscribe to the podcast here and make sure you're following rich in the sports collecting world so thank you gentlemen for a very engaging conversation thank you as well thanks a lot enjoyed it rich take care